Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung, and I'd like to thank you for joining us as we take a look at the book. The prophet Joel, some 2,500 years ago, introduced the phrase, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord's definition is any time in history when God intercedes in the affairs of man personally on the earth. Now, that would have to do with the tribulation period and, in fact, the second coming of Jesus Christ and the thousand-year millennial kingdom. And that is exactly what Joel is talking about, the day of the Lord, as we're going to take a moment and study, prepare for war, not peace. You might remember Joel said, sound the trumpet in Zion. That's an indication that war was about to happen. That's what we're going to be studying today as we take a look at the book right here. And after we get finished listening to our study together, I'll tell you how you can get your copy of Joel's Journal on the Day of the Lord. It's a five-hour audio series on CD. But right now, let's listen to our fourth segment of the study in Joel, Prepare for War, Not Peace. If you continue to read down through verse 16 of chapter 3, you're going to understand he means business. This is actual. Now, let me just remind you of something. The Bible does promise peace. That word peace is used 450 times in the Bible. In the book of Isaiah, for example, the word peace is used 35 times, probably proportionally the most times by one book. Isaiah gives us information about that promised peace that we're talking about. We'll look at Isaiah in just a moment, but go back to Luke chapter 1. Remember the Christmas story? Go back to Luke chapter 1 just for a second. Luke chapter 1 tells us of the promise of peace. Luke chapter 1, and look with me, if you will, Luke chapter 1, verse 31. Verse 31. And behold, now this is the record of the angel Gabriel appearing to a virgin young lady, Jewish young lady, in Nazareth. Her name is Mary, of course. Verse 31, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Underline that, mark it down. Jesus Christ will receive the throne of David. Okay, go ahead, verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. That word there is talking about as it is describing the eternality of God. It's applicable right here. He, Jesus Christ, will rule over this world. He shall rule over this world on the throne of David forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Basically, that is the time of peace. Go over to chapter 2 just a second. Chapter 2 and verse 14. Look what happens. You, you might remember now this is, switches from Nazareth down to near Bethlehem in the shepherd's fields. And the angels appear. There is many angels at this point in time in the shepherd's fields as high as you could see, as wide as the horizon would allow. And these angels start to announce what is happening. Have you got Luke chapter 2? Look at verse 14. Well, verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill 
toward men. That peace is promised in the Word of God. Now go to Isaiah, if you will. Go to Isaiah chapter 2. And let me show you what God's Word has to say. There is a promise of peace. That is an absolute promise. We're commanded to pray for it. We'll think about that in just a moment. Have you got Isaiah chapter 2? Isaiah chapter 2, starting with verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house, that is the temple mount in Jerusalem, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. At that time, all the nations of the world will flow into Jerusalem to the temple mount where Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning from the temple. Verse 3, and many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of Zion or out of Jerusalem, Zion and Jerusalem, synonymous terms, out of Jerusalem shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 4, and he, Jesus Christ, shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall, look here, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. There will be peace. The reverse of what Joel has to say, he says, take your plowshares and make swords out of them. Take your pruning hooks and make spears out of them. And Jesus, one day when he rules and reigns in Jerusalem during this thousand-year millennial kingdom, will say, take those swords and make them into plowshares. Take those spears and make them into pruning hooks. There will be peace. There will be peace. Go to chapter 9. This is an oft-quoted chapter and particular verse at Christmas time. It probably is not appropriate to quote this verse at Christmas time. It is better, because we get it out of context with what is being said here, it's better to quote this about the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah who will establish his kingdom. Chapter 9, and look at verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful counselor, the mighty God, El Shaddai, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There will be a peace. God's promised a peace. It is coming. We're to pray for peace. The exhortation in the Psalms. The psalmist wrote to Remember what he said? Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, that's not a, if you feel like it. That's not a, oh, if there's nothing else to do. He says, pray. Don't answer me. Don't raise your hand. How many of you prayed for the peace of, don't raise your hand. How many of you prayed for the peace of Jerusalem today? Huh? That's an extra, I, I, thought, I thought we loved Jesus. I thought we'd like to do what he said. If you love somebody, you want to be obedient to them. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. What does that really mean? Let me tell you what it means. It doesn't mean there's going to be a peace before Jesus gets there. What it means is, I'm praying for Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to come. There's only one way. There will be peace 
It's when Jesus Christ rules and reigns in this thousand-year millennial kingdom from the holy temple mount standing in Jerusalem and where that temple, the house of the Lord, will be and he will rule and reign from there and it will be a theocracy. You know what happened in Genesis chapter 3? Genesis chapter 3 was the fall of man. You know what took place then? Before Genesis chapter 3, Genesis 1, 2, and the first part of chapter 3, it was a theocracy. If you'll look at the word of God in the last days, Revelation chapters 20, 21, and 22, then there will be a theocracy once again instituted. That's this thousand-year millennial kingdom. But from Genesis chapter 3 to Revelation chapter 20, over these 6,000 years has not been a theocracy. It has been a satanocracy. And the ruler and the king of this earth has been Satan. And there has been no peace. But there will be peace when he reinstitutes his theocracy. And then we don't have rights. That's all we talk about today, isn't it? My rights. I mean, every parents have rights. Races have rights. Women have rights. Senior citizens have rights. I mean, you know, you got to build every building you build for the rights of seniors. I'm not, I'm one of those, so I guess we might as well do that. But then there's no rights when his theocracy is reinstituted. That's when there's peace, when he is in charge, when he is on the throne of David, seated in the city of Jerusalem. There is the promise of peace, but now you've already caught me into my second point. What is the period of peace? Sound the trumpet in Zion. That should warn the state of Israel, the Jewish people, that war is about to happen. And indeed, as we've studied together from the book of Joel and from other studies in the prophetic passages of Scripture, we can be aware of the fact that there is going to be a war seemingly in the very near future in Israel. Well, you need to have a study that will help you understand the book of Joel. And may I suggest that you might want to get our five-hour audio series on CD entitled Joel's Journal on the Day of the Lord. It's very important that you understand these minor prophets as well as the major prophets. If you'd like to acquire your copy of Joel's Journal on the Day of the Lord, you can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. Now, that's toll-free from across America. That's 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, and go to our shopping mall, and you can order your copy of Joel's Journal on the Day of the Lord, a five-hour audio series on the book of Joel. Thank you so very much for joining us as we've taken a look at the book today. And I'm sure that as we've studied together today, you have become more aware of the fact that the rapture of the church can happen at any moment. And the truth is, having said that, there's nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until... 